0: Lord, thank you once again for this opportunity that we can be together and hear your word, worship you in spirit and in truth, and experience not just your goodness and your glory, but even your wisdom and understanding and revelation that comes by your word and through your spirit. So we thank you that you would have your way today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So for those of you who have been coming or you call North Metro your home, we've been going on a series and the first timer should be thinking, oh no, what do I do? Well, don't worry about it. If you would like to catch up on what's going on, uh, we have a YouTube page. Uh, That you can look, just type in New Life North Metro and you can catch up on all the videos uh, on demand whenever you'd like to have it. Uh, You can watch it again so that you can get a little bit of a background of what we've been talking about. Uh, Or if you don't like to watch, you're, you're on the go. We have a Spotify playlist where we have a podcast that we record our services so that you can listen to it as well. So you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram or you can watch us on YouTube or listen to us on Spotify. Amen. Amen. We're so grateful for technology. Are you grateful for technology? And I'm so thankful for my team, our team. Amen. Let's give a hand to all the volunteers that are tirelessly here every Sunday or even throughout the week making sure that we have the ability to, to share the good news not just here but whenever, wherever and whenever, wherever and whenever possible. Amen. Alright, so again, we've been talking on a series regarding the DNA. What is it that makes up the church, or our church specifically, New Life North Metro. We began this on our anniversary in the end of July. We've been going on a series, and this series covered uh, four, four weeks of four letters. So we started our series on the, word, on, on the letters UNLI, U-N-L-I and that only describes who our God is, we, we know who we are as a church because we know the God that we serve. Amen. And the Bible says that we are created in His image and in His likeness, and because He is that kind of God, therefore we are this kind of church. Amen. It is our heart's desire that we would reflect the goodness and glory of God. Now, the church, as you know, is not the cinema. We thank God for the cinema, but the cinema is not a church; it's a cinema. It's where people come to sleep. But not here, Amen. It's different here. You come not, and, you, and people come to sleep or be entertained or sa tagalog nagpapalamig lang, or you just want to get the cold aircon. But here in North Metro, we don't come to sleep. Amen. We don't come to be entertained. I'm not a comedian, all right. If you want a comedian, there are many you can get online. But make sure you check the comedians that they're not, that they're wholesome. As if, I think that's an oxymoron. A wholesome comedian. I don't think that's even possible nowadays. Anyway, so if you want to be entertained, there are many ways to be entertained. But I pray the church is not boring. Amen. Like we said last week. Uh, our topic was enjoying life and enjoying church. Amen? So we believe that church is not a boring place or not made up of boring people. Look up the person beside you. On a scale of 1 to 10, how boring do you think they are? <laughs> Amen? None. Say zero. All right. So we understand that, you know, this is who we are. We are who we are because of who God is. And so we, we're we here to reflect his goodness and His glory. So that was the first part only. So we did that for the month of August. For the month of September, we talked about now that we know who God is, we know, we need to know what He has done and who He has created us to be. Amen? And what He has created us, who, sorry, who He has created us to be. So the next topic for the month of September, we had the four letters, which made up the letters L-I-F-E, which means Life. Amen. So we we are created as John 10.10 to enjoy life and to have life to the fullest in abundance until it overflows. Amen. Jesus came to give us life and this is the life that we individually and corporately as a church need to reflect. And so now I want to talk about the last of the series which will be for for this month. Which is uh, now that we know who God is, we know what He's done, we know who we are. Now, what is it that we individually and we as a church are here for? Amen. The first things are characteristics. It's who we are. It's part of our culture. And now, also part of our culture is the things that we do. Amen. And so for us to truly understand or to get a biblical picture of what it is the church is called to do, then we go to one of the greatest instructions that Jesus ever left to His disciples. And that is what we call today the Great Commission. Amen? Have you ever heard of that, the Great Commission? Now, if you are in sales, you may be thinking the Great Commission would be, as that person hit their quota for the last three quarters, that would be the Great Commission for somebody in sales. Amen. But we are, we are not in sales. We don't sell Jesus. Bible said freely we had received, freely we give. Amen. So Jesus is not for sale and so we are not for sale as well. Yet Jesus paid the ultimate price to redeem us. Amen. Thanks be to God for that. So, but the Great Commission is not something that you, you get from doing the work of the gospel. No. The Great Commission is basically why we are here why we are still here on earth because if it, salvation was if receiving jesus and being a child of god was just about getting to heaven why in the world are we still here why don't just receive jesus and let's just get to heaven you know it's better there anyway if you're thinking it's better on earth than heaven my child you are seriously mistaken there is nothing that compares to heaven Nothing here on earth can ever compare to the glory and the goodness and the fun, enjoyment. Because the Bible says in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. It's not just partial happiness. It's fullness of joy. Amen. Amen? So if heaven was just why we get saved, then we're missing the point. Heaven would be our reward, I guess. Our reward for, for, for our life here on earth. Amen. Now, I'm not saying it's your payment, because payment means we have to earn it. But we know that heaven is not earned. Heaven is given. Amen? Amen? Jesus gave us heaven. He never said, you need to earn your way to heaven. He has given us heaven, and He gave it through His dying on the cross. Amen? All right? Clear? So, what is it? Why are we here? Why are we still on earth? It's because there is a great commission that we need to do individually because we are the church individually. Amen. But we also need to do it corporately as a body. We are called to this. So let's look at Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20 and let's look at this great commission. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Basically, Jesus is solidifying the fact that truly he is King of King and Lord of Lords. Amen? Amen. That Jesus is the Lord. Amen. Even if some people don't call Him Lord, still it doesn't diminish His authority here on earth and in heaven and even in hell. Amen? Can I tell you that Jesus is the even Lord over hell? No, the devil. No, the devil is not Lord over hell. The devil is hell's greatest prisoner. Hell is the prison of heaven. Amen. And Jesus is Lord over there. Meaning, every demon, including Lucifer himself, will bow down to Jesus. Do you understand? And we can see it in Jesus' life that whenever he showed himself in front of legions of demon possessed, they would all bow down to him. They will all tremble, even at the mention of his name. That's our Lord. Amen. Amen. So whatever it is you're facing he is greater. And the Bible says if God be for you who can be against you? If God did not withhold his only son how much more together with him shall he not freely give you all things? Amen. We have this great Lord. So all authority it's clear all authority is given to Jesus. Amen. Amen, Paul. And there now he begins a four Four again, we're, we're, we're into that right now. Four only. four life. And now we have another four that we want to talk about. This four-point instruction. And he goes on to say, and he says, Go therefore, first instruction, and make disciples, second instruction, of all nations, baptizing them, third instruction, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, next verse, teaching them, number four, observe all the things that I've commanded you. And lo, any Lolo and Lola dito? Anybody, any grandparents here? This is specifically for you. Lo. Lolo or Lola. Lo. Remind you, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. Amen. But that reminder is not just for our Lolos and Lolas. not just for our grandparents. It's for everyone. Amen. So we see in the middle... We have the four instructions, but it's, it's just the meat of the sandwich. See, what, does, what, is the, what, what is it that sandwiches the Great Commission? All authority is in Christ, and I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? So he doesn't just give us the instruction and say, go. Go, go. Come on. Any parents here? Amen? Any new parents here? Any new parents? You have to understand one day your child's going to have to learn to walk. Yeah? And you don't say to your child, uh, it's about time. Go. Go. Get out of that crib. Stand up. Stand up, boy. Stand up, girl. Go. Walk. I'll come back later and check on you. I got to do my father's business. No, no parents would ever let their child do something on their own. Amen. They will be there. They will make sure that yes, there are times the child would fall, and you, just because the child fell doesn't mean you're never walking again. You know that's just strange. Imagine you as a parent. You let you're teaching your child to walk. They fall. You pick up your child. You never, you're never gonna walk, anak. Never. I will never allow you to be hurt again. I'm going. To, your poor child will never be able to walk because you're overprotective. Thank God that God is protective, but He's not overprotective. Amen? Amen. So there are times there we, we we're going to fall, but guess what? He's going to be there to pick us up. Amen? Amen? Countlessly, no matter how many times you fall, He will always be there to pick you up and make kiss your boo-boos and make sure you're okay. Amen? Amen. So here in the Great Commission, it's never, we're never going to have it perfectly. And, we're ne- and it doesn't mean we're never going to face challenges. We will face challenges. Jesus says, in this world, there will be tribulation. There will be persecution. There will be people who don't like what you have to say. But be of good cheer. How can I be of good cheer when people don't like what I have to say? Because Jesus said, if they were against me, if they hated me, how much more are you? I'm perfect. What's there to hate about me? Right? But they did. The world hated him. But he said, be of good cheer. I have already overcome the world. Amen. Meaning, if I've overcome, you have the ability to overcome as well. Amen. His promise is to never leave us. But there are four things that we need to do to go, go where? That will be next week. We'll talk about going where next week. And then make disciples. Amen? How many of you know we are not just called to bring, to have converts? We are here to make disciples. And making disciples takes time, effort, patience, and love. My wife will share on that, on making disciples. I'm here today to talk to you about a part that maybe we may not fully understand, which is baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So I want to talk about that. So Lord, thank you that we would be able to communicate this properly in Jesus' name. Amen? What is baptism? And why is it a part of the calling of the church? Why is baptism part of the Great Commission? Did you ever understand that? Because many people would say, well, Pastor, baptism is what gets you saved. Now, I want to ask you that question. Is baptism what saves you? Because many people said, unless I'm baptized, then I'm not going to heaven. We have to fully understand what does baptism mean. All right? So I asked my friend Miriam. You know my friend Miriam Webster? You know anybody familiar with her? Miriam Webster. She's, on the, she's online. And she has, a, she has her own set of books. Yeah? So if you, you need to find out meaning of certain words, she's kind of good at that. All right? And so I asked her what... How do we understand? How does the world understand baptism? Basically, it says this. She says this. Baptism is an outward proclamation of an inward conversion. Now, I want to ask the question, what comes first, the proclamation or the conversion? It is an outward proclamation. In sentence form, it says baptism is an outward proclamation of an inward conversion. So in the form of the sentence, it comes first. But in the understanding of the sentence, we cannot have a proclamation if we don't first have the conversion. Amen? So what is the conversion? The conversion basically says is an is an you have baptism you're able to proclaim baptism when a person accepts Jesus Christ as their personal lord and savior so the conversion happens when you receive Jesus Christ lord and savior of your life anybody here ever received Jesus Christ lord and savior of your life praise be to god amen we are in the right place you are in the right place amen if you did not raise your hand it's okay because this is, that's why we are here, to make sure that everybody has that opportunity to have Jesus as Lord and Savior. Now, in the Philippines, if you belong to Catholicism, you are baptized at a very young age. But in the church, in this church, we understand that there is, must first be an inward conversion before we do the outward proclamation. So, a child, no matter how cute and adorable they may look, cannot receive true conversion because conversion is not based on your parents' faith. It's based on your personal faith. Amen? So it's just a waste of time to baptize? Well, not really because in Catholicism, they do believe that baptism is a way, is the first sacrament for them to enter into the, the church that they are in. All right? So that is their tradition. But here, what we believe is that you must first understand, recognize, and by faith, accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Because when that happens, the Bible says, when you confess with your mouth, when you believe in your heart, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, when you believe in your heart, That God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth that He is Lord, then you are saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, conversion, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So there needs to be a believing and a confessing of Jesus' Savior and Jesus' Lord. And when that happens, that's when that conversion happens. What conversion? That we used to be a sinner, but now we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? We are children of God. We used to be slaves, we used to be aliens, we used to be foreigners, but now we are children of God. So what is baptism? It is an outward proclamation. It is telling everybody, hey, this is what God did to my life. Amen? And so maybe you're here today and you have not been water baptized after you got saved. Because maybe many of us had been baptized before we actually you know receive jesus but if you're here today and you have not been baptized we want to let you know that in the church in november this coming november we will have a water baptism and it's available now listen you don't you don't be baptized to be a member of the church and people say do i have to be baptized to be a member of this church no you be baptized to proclaim that jesus christ is lord and savior of your life that's just it amen See, that's what we do in water is the outward proclamation. Amen? What's more important is the inward conversion. That is the true baptism. Amen? Because why do we say that is the true baptism? Because in biblical understanding, the first, the first times we see this water people being soaked in water, we find it in the book of Leviticus. Amen? And I want us to look at that part. Why? When is it that God required people, especially people in the church setting, to be washed in water? So let's look at this. Are you okay? Are we okay to look at this? So Leviticus chapter 16 verse 1 It says, now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron. Now who is Aaron? Aaron is the high priest. Why did his sons die? When they offered profane fire before the Lord and died. Meaning, they entered into the presence of God. And we need to understand that in the Old Testament, the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice for sin had not been paid yet. What the priests and the high priests would do is they would sacrifice bulls and lambs and goats to be an atonement or to be a covering or a temporary avenue for people to come in. But there is a right process. And if you mess with the process, it's fatal. Because God told Moses, you can't be in my presence and live if sin cannot stand in the glory of God. Now, praise be to God, we are not living in the Old Testament. Because if we're here and we're worshiping, we're saying, God, show up. And He does? And sin is not dealt with in our life? Goodbye. Goodbye. We are all gone. But I praise God that we are not in the old. We are in a new and better covenant. Amen? So let's praise God for that. Come on. I want to just thank him. Thank you, Lord. So the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come in just any time. Listen, you don't just walk into God's presence. Do the holy place inside the veil. Before the mercy seat which is on the ark, lest you die. For I will appear in the cloud above the mercy feet. Thus Aaron, God continues his instructions, shall come into the holy place With number one, with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering. So number one, the only way you can get into God's presence is if there is an offering for sin. Yes, clear? Are you here? Are you listening to me? And the ram as a burnt offering. Next. Then he shall put on holy linen tunic and linen trousers on his body. He shall be girded with a linen shaft and a white linen turban shall be attired on his head. These are holy garments. So number two, there is an outward covering. Now linen is a picture, it's white, and it's a picture of cleanliness or righteousness. So there must be an outward covering of righteousness. Is that clear? But before He even puts on the holy garment, He shall wash His body in water. So there has to be an inward cleansing. Clear? An inward cleansing before putting on righteousness. And a sacrifice needs to be made before he can enter in. See, this was the requirement for the high priest or any priest to enter into the presence of God. That's the old. But how many of you know the old is the pattern? Everybody say pattern. So therefore, the same requirements for the old... God requires for the new. So first requirement, blood offerings. An animal, an innocent, needs to die for the guilty. Bible says that this man Jesus, after he offered one sacrifice for sin forever, is seated now at the right hand of the Father. See, Jesus is that sacrifice. Did you hear me? And His sacrifice is not just on the covering. His sacrifice is the ultimate price paid. So we can come into God's presence because the sacrifice is paid. Number two, there needs to be an an inward washing. The Bible says that our souls and our spirit have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. Though our sins may be as red as scarlet, He washes, take note of the word, washes us white as snow. The picture of water Jesus does with His blood. So inside, in our spirit, not on the outside, in our spirit, we are washed clean by the blood of Jesus. No longer are we sinners, we are made right with God. And of course, number three, we are need to be clothed in white linen or clothed in righteousness. The Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we would become the righteousness of God. We would be clothed in righteousness. Because of what Jesus did, we, re- we have the ability to enter in. So in the Jewish culture, baptism would be the way to enter into God's presence. Amen? Is that clear? But how many of you know they were living in a time when we hear the word baptism, they were living in a time that was very political. Now, the first time we hear the the word baptism, we find that word in Mark chapter 1, verse 4, talking about John. You know who John is? John the, very good. Why is he called the Baptist? Because he went around baptizing everybody. It says here, John chapter 1 verse 4, And John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. So the first time we hear the word baptism, here in the New Testament, it's about what John is doing. Now, we need to understand culturally what's going on. Are you still with me? Is this too much information or okay pa? Are you still okay? Thank you, Jesus. At least you're still okay. So the information that I want you to know, this is not revelation, this is information, that they lived in a world that they were under Roman rule. And in Roman rule, their leader was called Caesar. Yes? And Caesar had a requirement. The requirement of Caesar was that people, the the citizens would pledge their allegiance in front of everybody and they would call this act of pledging the allegiance sacramentum. Now that is the Latin word for the English word sacrament. So the word sacrament to them was an open voluntary pledge of allegiance. I pledge allegiance to my Caesar whoever my Caesar may be, that I voluntarily give my life to be faithful to him. Do you understand? And when John would do his baptism, it was basically a sacramentum. What is that? It was basically a sacrament, meaning it was not just an inward cleansing. It was a sign of a change of allegiance. You see, John said when in the verse, can we look at the verse again? John Mark chapter 1, verse 4. He said he preached the baptism of repentance. You see, the word repent there is not just saying sorry. That is not the meaning of the word repent. The word repent here means to abandon your former allegiance and to turn. To a covenant faithfulness to another. So basically, when they were baptized, it was like the Romans, and you have to understand they were under Roman rule. So in essence, they are a colony of Rome. They are supposed to be Romans, but these people who would be baptized now, I want you to understand. This is something that is really uh, good to know. Again, good to know that if the Jews had a special arrangement with the Romans. The only way they allowed themselves to be under Roman rule is if they would have the freedom to still worship Yahweh. See, that was something that no other nation did. All the other nations had to worship Roman gods. But the Jews, they had an agreement. We will go under you. This small insignificant nation had received so much favor from the Romans so they would still because they knew how passionate the Jews were regarding their worship to Yahweh. Because their whole life, their whole culture, who they were was defined by what Yahweh said. You have to understand Jewish culture is defined by the first five books of the Bible. That's what they live and they breathe even today. A child at four years old memorizes the Torah. Four years old memorizes you, how old are you? Quote Genesis one twenty-eight. See, no, I'm not, No condemnation. I even, I don't even know that. But, and we were created in His image. And never mind. But see, at such, a, this is so ingrained in them. So what did Rome do? Okay, fine, you can worship. So the baptism was had nothing to do about their worship to God. It had everything to do about their allegiance to Rome. So when, when when John said repent, meaning change your allegiance, it was a stand to say, hmm, we are not just going to sit back and just follow everything you say. There is a higher power. But now this is not pertaining to Yahweh. This was pertaining to John said, I have come as a forerunner because there is one that will come after me whose sandals I am not even uh, uh To even wear, to even touch his sandals. He's talking about Jesus. So what John was doing was he was preparing the Jews for the coming of the Messiah. That's why the Jews were so politically inclined that the Messiah would save them from Rome. Do you understand? But Jesus didn't come to save us from a natural kingdom. Jesus came to save us from the kingdom of hell. And bring us out of the kingdom of hell and darkness into the kingdom of His marvelous light. Amen? Amen? So this is the understanding. This is what's going on. This is the baptism, what is going on here. Amen? So in Jewish culture, washing in water is the cleansing of sin or cleansing unrighteousness. In that time, baptism would be your allegiance from one to another, being shifted to another. Today, when we look at water baptism, because there are three types of baptism that we see in the Bible. There's the baptism of John, the baptism of water, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the baptism of water, which is basically what normally people talk about when they talk about baptism, it is basically both. When people are baptized, it is about the... Proclaiming the inward conversion of my former sinful life that I am no longer sinful. I am now a child of God. And secondly, my allegiance is no longer to sin and to this world. My allegiance is to Jesus. I am voluntarily saying, Jesus is my Lord. That's why one of the favorite songs of baptisms are... I have decided to follow Jesus. Theme song yate. Eh. No turning. I, I, every time we do water baptism, we play that song. People are walking into the, to the swimming pool. They're like, <laughs> I have decided. <laughs> now, I'm not discounting. I'm not making fun of them. But it is, it's not just about, hey, I'm saved. I just want everybody to know I'm saved. No, it's more than just that. It's saying, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Amen? And that's what the church is about. It's not about you coming and hearing a message that will make you feel good. Yeah, I pray that when you leave here, you would get something. You would feel good about yourself. But church is more than just tickling of your ears. It's serious stuff. Giving your life to Jesus is no joke. Amen? And that's why he says all authority is given to me and I'm never going to leave you. Because you're going to need Jesus. You see, you don't just make a stand when you get in the water and get out. You have to make a stand every day. Because there will be situations and people that will try to get you to flip and to go back and to be like. And many people don't want to offend people, therefore, we'll just make everybody happy. Can I tell you a truth? You can't make everybody happy. And you are not called to make everybody happy. We are called to stand up for Jesus. We're called to give our life to Him. We've decided to follow Him. No turning back. Again, although people say we no longer have the baptism, when we talk about baptism again, there's three. Baptism of John, baptism of water, and baptism of the Holy Spirit. People say we no longer have the baptism of John, but we need to understand the baptism of John is a baptism of repentance. And this is something I want to encourage the church today because there seems to be a movement to eliminate this word from church life. What word is that, Pastor? That because you are in Christ, there's no need to repent. See, what did we say repentance was? It's not saying sorry for your sins, although it's good to feel sorry when you sin. Do you hear me? Let us not be so callous because of grace that we no longer say sorry because we know we are forgiven. I step on somebody's foot, but because you know they're not going to be mad at me, I will no longer say, oh, I'm sorry for stepping at your foot. Because I assume, because you are greater than I am, you already forgive me. Let us not assume that we don't need to say sorry for our sins. How many of you know saying sorry is an act of humility? Yes. And God gives grace to the humble, and He resists the proud. Amen? Amen. Bieber said it. It's not too late to say sorry. All <laughs> right, It's okay to say sorry. Maybe some of you need to say sorry to the person beside you. Okay, later, later. Some people, see, I told you. Pastor was talking about us. See, I told you. Makinika. Yeah, I'm like that sometimes. Amen. But it's not about saying sorry. You know what, what repentance is? It's choosing Jesus. Because when we sin, we have chosen to go another way. But when we repent, it's a turning our back to sin and facing Jesus. It's choosing Jesus. And how many of you know, we choose Jesus every day. We have to choose Him every day. But sometimes, Pastor, I don't choose Him. Is that means I can't repent? No, that's why the Bible says, if you repent, He is faithful and just to forgive us every single time. Hallelujah. So even when we mess up, even when we forget to repent at times, as long as we decide to go back, He's there with His arms open. Amen? That's how great our God is. Amen? So there is a repentance and we need to preach repentance. The church needs to understand repentance. Amen? You cannot erase it from church life. Come on, do you hear me? Uh, thank you, Jesus. If you're watching, you better have heard me. Now, what is the second part? What is the, the baptism in water? It's about forgiveness of sins. Three. Romans chapter 6 talks about this water baptism. Verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin so that grace may abound? <clears throat> yeah? What's Paul's answer? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin, died to sin, live in it longer? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized? See, this is not the outward. The baptism here is the inward. The inward happening, the inward conversion. How many of you know that we were baptized into Christ Jesus Were baptized into his death, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so even so we all should also walk in newness of life. What does it mean? It means that when Jesus, when you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, when you gave your life to him. You identify or you are united with Christ in His death. Meaning, your old sinful nature was nailed to the cross. How did that happen? God is not limited by time. Although this event happened over 2,000 years ago. But the Bible says that Jesus Christ was, was sacrificed or was nailed to the cross even before the foundation of time. Because why? God is not limited by time. So when a person by faith, surrenders their life to Jesus, it is like their sinful nature is crucified at the same time. And at that body of Christ, that body that carried sin, that Jesus even cried out to the Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because God, no sin can, God cannot stand sin. So it felt like God had turned his back on Jesus. Why? Because Jesus took the sin of humanity. Not the sin of one. The sin of humanity from Adam to the last person ever to be born. Jesus took that. He paid the price. So that means everybody's automatically saved. No, not everybody's automatically saved. You need to still believe by faith. But salvation is paid for. Jesus doesn't need to go back again and do it again. It's already done. But for us to receive the free gift, we have to believe and to receive. Otherwise, we just waste the gift. Amen? That's why as a church, we need to share about this baptism. We need to share with people what Jesus had done. Why? Because the price was already paid. And we can freely enter in that which is already provided for by grace. Jesus died on the cross. He took our body, sinful nature, nailed with Him. And then that body was buried in the ground. Therefore, our sinful nature was buried in the ground. But when Jesus rose again, that's what the Scripture is saying. We identify with His death. We identify with His burial. But we have to identify with His resurrection because with the resurrection comes a new life. New life. What a great name to call a church. Amen? New life. We identify. See, baptism is all about unity. Us united with Christ. Baptism is all about identifying with Him. Identifying with His death. Identifying with His burial. And of course, identifying with His resurrection that gives us a new life. No longer sinners. We are now the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that as many as receive Him, to them He gave the right to be children of God. So baptism is identifying with Christ, identifying with what He has done, His finished work. But it's about identifying with being part of a Family. Let me read some scriptures to you as we end. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 21. Paul says, For this reason I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family, Hello, family. Ohana, nobody gets left behind. Family. Family, are you here? Amen. Amen. That's what church is about. That's why if you're looking for a title for a message, you know what baptism signifies to me? It's a homecoming. It's us, because of sin, being out of the house. Any husbands understand the term outside the Colombo? Yeah? You do bad, you don't sleep in this bed, you sleep on the couch. But what's homecoming? It's when the husband can honey can i sleep with you again are we friends are is are we good see we were once outside his family because of sin but because of jesus sacrifice the door the way home is prepared it's already done he says i am the way the truth And the life, no one comes through the Father except through me. Jesus is our way into coming home. Amen. And as church, as a family, we have family members that are still outside. And we have a job that when they walk in this door, See, next week, we're going to talk about go. We're going to go out and get them because sometimes you need to go because they're not just going to come in. But as a church, do people feel welcome when they come here? People haven't come for a few weeks, a few months. Oh, long time no see. Where have you been? Why haven't you come? Is there sin in your life? You think people would like to feel home with that? You know, this is home. You come in and you're like, Yay! Tara, I'll take you to lunch. I'll take you to dinner tonight. I missed you, bro. I missed you, sis. Let's eat. Let's fellowship. Let's, I, I missed being with you. Don't ask where they've been. Just say, it's good to see you. Do people feel at home? And our heart's desire at North Metro is that every person, no matter how long they've been away, that they would always feel at home. Because where else will they feel it? Where else? If the church can't be a safe place for people to come home, where else? Think about it. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened in might through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend alone. No. How do we comprehend God's love? Because we see it in one another. We can't feel God's love by ourselves. We need one another. Amen? Look at the person beside you. Come on, look. Come on, you know what to do. You always do it anyway. What is the width, the length, the depth, the height? To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that we may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, think according to the power, baptism of the Holy Spirit working in us. To God be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. It's not just for one generation. It's for all generations. This is not a church for young people, although we're all young here. This is not a church for the millennials, although some of us feel like we're still millennials or Gen Z, or Gen X, or baby. No, this is a church for everyone. From the low, the lows, to the yo's, everyone is accepted here. Amen? We continue in Ephesians chapter 4. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, this is a continuation of what he said, beseech you to walk worthy. What is the worthy calling? What is this calling? What we just said right before, about being part of his family. In all loneliness and gentleness with long suffering, bearing one another. How many of you know that we need to bear one another in love when we're in family? Amen? Sometimes family you don't, you get irritated with. It's normal. Right? But you still love one another. Amen? Are you still there? Are you still there? endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace that we, there is one body, one Spirit, just as we are called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Galatians 3.26 says, For we are all sons or children of God, Through faith in Jesus Christ. That's how we become children of God. For as many of you who were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Therefore, there's neither Jew nor Greek, Pinoy or Mestizo. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. But there is male and female. You get what I'm saying. Our genders are not fluid here. God created a man and a woman. What it's saying here is that it doesn't matter if you're male or female. Gets? So don't quote this verse There's no need to uh, to, to acknowledge gender. Yes, there is a need to acknowledge gender. Clear? Clear? For we are all one in Jesus Christ. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. 1 Corinthians 12 says, For as the body is one, and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also in Christ. For by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. We need each other. See, this finger is important to me. If I cut it off, it's still a finger, but it no longer lives. See, life Happens when it's connected to the body. Don't cut yourself off from church. No matter how you feel, you've fallen. Camera, those who are listening, even those who are here, maybe some people are watching this and they don't want to come to church because they feel they've fallen so far. I want to tell you today, you can't find life alone. Your life is connected to the body. So you need to come back. There's a seat waiting for you here. Amen. And finally, Ephesians chapter 2. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but we are fellow citizens with the saints and members of one household in God. Welcome home, church having been built and the foundation of the apostles and the prophet, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building was being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom we are also being built together. Why? For a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Why do we come together? Yes, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but we come together. Why? And worship here and come together in unity. Why? Because God's gonna show up, and when God shows up, everything changes. So when you come home every Sunday, every Sunday, yes, can't I take a break? Why? Can I tell you not to eat for one week? Is that okay? Fasting, sige nga. No, you don't need to fast, church. But Pastor, I'm so busy. Busy just means it's not the priority. I'm not looking at anybody. Eh? Oh, gosh, is that true? 48. Time to color my hair again. There's a place for you here. Always. Don't ever think that even how long you've not come that there will not be a place for you. If somebody has to stand up to give you their seat, even if this is full, we will stand up to give our seat so that you would feel at home here. It's part of who we are. We are called into this baptism. We are part of the household of God. And we pray that you find home in this place. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity to share the word, for people to hear this message. Thank you for giving us a home. Lots of seats still available that says there's still a lot of family that needs to come. Still time available, we can have more than one service, more than two, more than three. We can have four, five, six services. We can fill this up. So Lord, we will do our part. We will do our part to make sure that if people, when, not if, but when people come, they will feel at home. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we've missed it. Help us to not miss it again. Help us to know that this is a place for everyone. Thank you, Jesus. We love everyone here, and even those who are not here. We love you. And we can't wait to see you here again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's Home is Live podcast. Connect with us through Kumu, Instagram, YouTube, or Facebook. Welcome home.